A word for today, Lions Down's daily podcast to help you abide in Jesus by seeing to it that his word abides in you. Nothing could matter more. This isn't to replace your personal Bible reading and prayer, but rather encourage and help you in it. Well, one last time we're going to look at 2 Peter chapter 2. It's Sunday the 21st of February, and I'm going to read you the final paragraph of 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 17 to 22. These, he is describing their false teachers, these are waterless springs and mists driven by a storm. For them the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved. For speaking loud bursts of folly, they entice by sensual passions of the flesh those who are barely escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. For whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. For if, after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, they are once again, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the last state has become worse for them than the first. For it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it, to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. What the true proverb says has happened to them. The dog returns to its own vomit, and the sow, after washing herself, returns to wallow in the mire. At the beginning of our studies of this paragraph this week, we saw how the Bible very consistently tells us uh, from no less an authority than the Lord Jesus himself that we should Uh, leave alone false teachers. We should not engage with them. And we've seen uh, from this passage that they are doomed. The end of verse 17 has told us, for them the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved. And back in verse 9 we saw that the Lord Jesus keeps the unrighteous, that's referring to false teachers, under punishment until the day of judgment. If that is their condition, they are not people we are going to win over by clever arguments. We should not engage with them. Because if we do so, we simply give them dignity and status. It suits them but and their purposes, but it does no good to the church. That's why God used a speechless donkey to speak with a human voice to Balaam. He wanted to humble uh, the status of Balaam, to expose and disgrace Balaam by showing that his donkey knew more than he did. We should not engage with false teachers. And Peter now is driving home this point because he knows it will be difficult for us not to do so for reasons perhaps of sentimentality, for the denominations to which we belong, or for our personal career prospects, or for the opinions of other people, or the fact that we'll just get um, cursed by others for being whistleblowers or boat rockers um, and uh, destabilizing the status quo. Peter knows all these things, or rather, I should say, God the Holy Spirit knows these things. And that's why this closing paragraph is saying, look, here are two good reasons for not engaging with false teachers. The first reason is what they do, and the second reason is what they are. And what we've seen they do is they promise everything but deliver nothing. They entice the vulnerable enslaving them to corruption, ruining them eternally. And what they are are those who have become re-entangled in the defilements of the world, having had a real understanding and actually a real experience 
of the truth of the gospel. But they have deliberately, knowing it, in the words of verse 21, turned back from the gospel to their own ways. They have rendered themselves apostate, at least if they continue that to the end of their lives. And the reason for that is that they are unchanged. That's why we get that horrible metaphor at the end of a dog returning to its vomit and the sow, after washing herself, returning to wallow in the mire. So, all those things, what they are, and uh, before that, what they do, what they do is explained by what they are. We cannot reason with them. And we therefore should not partner with them. We should not share responsibility for their actions by engagement with them. And the most loving thing we can do. This message, by the way, will of course always be interpreted as a hate message, but actually it's a love message. It's the most loving thing we could do, which is not to give false teachers any kind of traction. They're never going to be changed, at least that seems to be the rule of the road. The gloom of utter darkness has been reserved for them, has been reserved for them right now. So there is no future in using our energies to engage with them, and we should not do so. It simply elevates their status and gives them credibility. No, the most loving thing we can do for the world, for the church, the most honoring thing we can do to the Lord Jesus Christ, the crucified Lord Jesus Christ, the way we can most display the glory of God is standing against false teachers, standing on the written word of God, that sure reference point, that life-giving thing that stirs up to action, that gives life to people. And so not compromising, not mixing that in with uh, paying homage to false teachers in any way. This is the true message of love, and this is what is best for the church, what is best for the world, and certainly what is best for ourselves. I pray that you listening to this and that Lionstone would never partner with the processes of false teachers. Loving Heavenly Father, please would this lesson sink deep into our hearts. Would we never have anything to do with false teachers in ways that advance or lend credibility to their processes? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. A word for today, helping you abide in Jesus by seeing to it that his word abides in you. This podcast was brought to you by Lionsdown at lionsdown.org.